This is exactly right. Traditional meditation or mindfulness uh, to be in the present moment, your body can say, hey, that's not cool. We don't like spending time here. So uh, let's go into the past or let's go into the, uh, into the future. So finding different ways of, of getting to that present moment, whether it's through art, through drawing, even if it's like 10 seconds long, it's really, it's really important to have multiple entry points. Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for parents to seek the same in their own lives while striving to be the best versions of themselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, with increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is Real Connection is the Ultimate Contribution with our guest, Paul Brillinger. Paul is the CEO and co-founder of WeSee. He's a New York-based photographer maker who focuses on enabling co-creation, play, and mindfulness in our world. He has mathematics degrees from both the University of Waterloo and University of Toronto, but has spent more and more of his life dedicated to creative pursuits. You'll find him working away on his laptop in one of New York City's many cafes, taking in as many plays and concerts as possible, or exploring the lesser-known pockets and streets of New York. That sounds like an awesome life. Paul, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. So, um, it's funny, that sounds like a yeah. bio that's uh, pre-COVID, because uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hitting lots of shows and concerts is... A, is um, a bit of a luxury at this point. That's fair. Yeah, Paul is a total risk taker. He is out there just <laughs> battling Omicron. Um, just to put mm. this in uh, high perspective for all of us who are going to listen to it later. Um, so, Paul, we got to. Um, we're going to talk about this uh, beautiful creation, this co-creation that you have created, um, and this beautiful game with these beautiful pictures. Uh, before, tell us a little bit about. You know where you're from, uh, and your you know your upbringing, and what you know what what has influenced you in your life. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, what influenced influenced me? I you know I think sometimes when you make things you, or you speak to certain artists, they create things or their creative output is an expression of their own needs. And so, uh, jumping right into it, I think one of the you know uh, things that has been important to me um, is connection. And, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I have a brother and a sister, um, grew up in Canada. Um, I was kind of a lonely kid. Um, I dealt with some bullying, um, was a little bit afraid to express myself creatively. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I have a little bit of trouble expressing myself creatively. And, and I think that's something that didn't really switch until my 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I found math. Math was uh, great for me because, you know, especially in high school, math had uh, solutions. Uh, and then once I hit uh, university, math had uh, became a little bit more creative. Um, math, once you hit university, doesn't really have an answer. Mm -hmm. It has more of like, um, you know, you explore things, you try certain angles. It's actually a really creative pursuit. It's actually one of the things when I was uh, listening to you read my bio, I was like, oh, I should adjust that because math and mathematicians are incredibly creative. And mm -hmm. so it's just, I think I've taken a bit of a different creative uh, path. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, as I was creating, we see it was like, it was one of these things where I think I was yearning for ways of connecting and sharing my creativity. And so, and I think those were things I needed a little bit more of in my life as a, as a, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. And it's always interesting when we think back about, um, you know, the things that influenced us and sometimes they're positive things. And, and a lot of times they're really hard things, um, that still make us who we are. Um, and so as a mathematician, and I do appreciate you saying about the creative side, because that's not always what people think about with mathematics. And, um, 
knowing some mathematicians um, who I've worked with, uh, it's like that's what they talk about is is the creativeness and the patterns and how everything comes together, uh, which is a precursor to the we see. Um, but before we get to we see, there there's this little uh, period of your life which I think math might have led you to with uh, 15 years in finance. Yeah, that, it's interesting. Like life often offers you these choices, which um, you know uh, they can offer like moments of safety or uh, security in your life. Like entering finance, it was it was um, I think it's a very socially acceptable mm -hmm. uh, thing to do. You know, your uh, often your parents want that kind of thing. Um, you know, your professors uh, love the idea of you going into finance and pursuing mathematical finance, for example, um, and it was one of these things where it was like, I was really good at it. I'm, I was a really good investor and I did a lot of statistical modeling and uh, generally systematic investing. Mm -hmm. um, the thing was I was creating things uh, that were just creating wealth and wealth for the people that I, I worked for, but it wasn't a creative output such that I could share that with other people that I could Im uh, impact lives. And uh, yeah, it just, there was a moment uh, that, you know, uh, it was just like a moment where I was like, well, is this the thing I want to do for the rest of my life? Or do I want to like try something else and, and, uh, and create something different? And uh, yeah, I was fortunate to, to have that, have those moments where I could make that switch. Um, yeah. Nothing against people who go into finance, but I think right. like a lot of people go into finance for the wrong reasons. Like mm -hmm. you're curious about how markets work. Like markets are financial markets are an expression of people uh, ultimately. And so, and people's choices the crowd, how, you know, uh, what they're thinking at any given moment. And they're driven by uh, cycles of fear and greed. That's super interesting. And if that floats your boat, yeah. you know, all, yeah. all power to you. But if it's, I think there are too many uh, folks who go in there and understandably they may be saddled with financial, uh, you know, school debt or that kind of thing. Um, and they need to pay those bills. Totally understand that. But mm -hmm. sadly, I think too many people go in for the wrong reasons. Well, and you, you, you spoke, you speak of fear and fear is a, is a, main reason that a lot of people don't change a career, change a relationship, change a geographical location, because there there's the unknown. And there's this idea, well, this is stable. And this is no, you know, I know this. What was that process like? You know, was it a sudden process? Or was it a gradual process of making, you know, stepping outside? Well, that's interesting because now we're, uh, I think we're getting close to the, uh, the big question that you ask at the end. So I don't want to yeah, uh, okay, give okay. too much away. Yeah. So it's up to yeah. you. Do you want to save that for the end or do you want to go into it right now? No, no, no. Let's um, give us, give us a little, um, give us a foreshadowing and then we're going to come back to it. Just give us a little tidbit. Sure. I think, you know, um, relationships and people uh, in your life are often uh, mirrors and, and in a way that they can reflect back um, you know, um, you know, you have a certain sense of yourself and that may not be an accurate, um, that may not be accurate, you know, and, and, uh, you're often, you're driven by your upbringing, uh, your own fears, and that can shape how you think about yourself as a person. And one of the gifts that friends and family and loved ones can provide is a reflection back of, Hey, like that's, not really you or that's a choice you're making out of fear or anger um mm -hmm. you know what is effectively a, a more compassionate way of, of of dealing with this now i i don't i don't the people my family doesn't really speak with in that kind of like language but you yes. can still provide that kind of feedback with um without using that specific language so that's the foreshadow i don't okay, want to give the rest cool. of it away awesome all right everyone you have to stay to the end of the show for the parent footprint moment <laughs> it's going to be awesome um compassion um a mirror, I'm going to use the word presence, you know, this seems like we're now morphing into ideas of mindfulness, and um, which is a central part of your life and a central part of the company and the game. How did mindfulness come into your life? You know, when I was thinking about WeSee, um, WeSee actually first started as an app. Um, and uh, it was one of these things where I wanted to uh, explore uh, photography. And, and I was noticing fun patterns on the subway and fun, uh, you know, I, I was looking at my shoe one day. I was sitting on a park bench and I was like, oh, this, the outline of my shoe, especially with the shoelaces, reminds me of this other thing. And it became one of these things of like, oh, like, I want to build an app technology that, um, enables co-creation, enables the ability to share something that you see. 
not just necessarily like a destination. And so one of the early ideas uh, around WeC is like, how, yeah, how do you co-create? How do you share what you see? And, and, I, and I started realizing like, I'm not, I shouldn't say whether I'm good or not good at meditation. It's one of these things where mindfulness can take a lot of different forms. Mm-hmm. And for me, just bring myself into the present moment to notice the, the shadow of a, a tree across a, um, you know, a cobblestone um, you know, pathway. It, there's just so much to see and absorb there. And that's mindfulness as well. Like mindfulness is really just, you know, how and where are you going to place your attention? And mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. enabling an app or creating a game um, to place that attention uh, was really exciting for me. Nice. And you're, you're bringing up a really important point that we've talked about on the show from time to time. And that's the idea of all the different types of mindfulness. And I know as someone who, um, I think a few things happened for me. One is I delayed uh, formal practices of mindfulness for probably close to a decade uh, because of being too busy and not having the time to quote, do it right, right? Like that's like the opposite Mm -hmm. of what mindfulness is. But at the same time (laughs) Mm -hmm. is someone who really likes to be in nature and someone who runs regularly in nature, like I didn't realize that those that was a type of mindfulness and that when I was doing the laundry and doing the dishes, when I would just enjoy being right there in the moment, that's mindfulness. So for everyone listening again, it's I I like what you're saying, Paul. It's right. It's like just being right here now in that moment, you're practicing mindfulness. Yeah, I think I think that's a really important point. You need uh, I think we need multiple entries into mindfulness. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've been very curious about like trauma and how trauma affects individuals and, and mindfulness, the present moment, you know, for a lot of children is a very scary place to be, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on their circumstances. And so traditional meditation or mindfulness, uh, to be in the present moment, your body can say, Hey, that's not cool. We don't like spending time here. So, Mm uh, let's go into the past or let's go into the, uh, into the future. And, um, so finding different ways of, of getting to that present moment, whether it's through art, through drawing, through noticing, um, even if it's like 10 seconds long, it's really, it's really important to have multiple, multiple entry yeah. points. And just, you know, a quick comment about the trauma, which is, is, is really important. Uh, what you're saying is our bodies naturally go into different, um, different, stages of dissociation when we are feeling overwhelmed um anything from a severe daydream to more and it's actually very protective and adaptive so when working with people who are traumatized if we're trying to get them to be hey no let's focus right now we can actually just activate the fight and flight response right there unknowingly yeah it's super it's interesting like the like uh, i've heard it framed as like children's reactions in those moments are perfect you know, that's mm. exactly what they had to protect, to do to protect themselves. And they're not, it's those uh, same mechanisms aren't so perfect anymore. They're right. actually, they're, you know, they're not necessary. And so how, how do we disarm those, um, acknowledge that they were, you know, beautiful and helpful while uh, not necessarily uh, needed anymore. And that seems yeah. to be part of um, the mindfulness toolkit for anybody who's, which is most people who have dealt with any kind of level of trauma in their lives. That's really well said. That's really well said, everyone. So uh, try to take that in. Sort of anyone's trauma response at any age is exactly what you needed to do at that moment to get through it. And then it's over time trying to figure out ways to change it when it doesn't serve the same use that it did in those those scary moments. Yeah. All right, we see. So we keep saying this word, and so I have to tell everyone we see is it's a awesome visual. It's O U I little I big S little I we see. So ta- so tell us about we see this name and the formation of, <laughs> of this uh, this collaboration. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I feel like it must have been a bit of a serendipitous moment. I might have seen the word um, we and see together, and and I just noticed how phonetically it sounded like the English we see. And I love that idea of like collective seeing and sharing what we see. And then, of course, the game has these moments of like, uh, you make a a connection and it's like this aha or like yes moment. And so the idea that also, you know, we and C are uh, French and yes and French and Spanish was just like this lovely uh, combination. Um, And so, um, yeah, back in 2015, when this was like an idea, it was very quickly uh, became we see the, you know, I think at that time we called it the art of uh, the art of conversation. 
Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's how. So that's that's the name. Yeah, and now it's I would, so it went from the art of uh, conversation to connecting. Right, connecting has become right. a very important part of um, the vision of and and the practicality of of what we see is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, connection. Uh, it's there's so many layers of connection that um, we've tried to add to the game and be part of like almost like a meta uh, aspect of the game. There, you know, at the the core, it starts with these like visual connections. This reminds me of that and and visual form. So. You know, um, you might have like a, a tennis racket. That pattern also looks like a, a chessboard or it looks like a tennis racket. And so uh, in these similar patterns or colors or shapes are almost like ways that these like visuals communicate with each other. Um, and then there's a connection that happens when, um, you know, we talked about mindfulness. That's connecting um, with the present moment. It's connecting with yourself. It's sometimes connecting with the emotions that are uncomfortable to sit with in the present moment. Um, there's connecting with other people. Uh, that's through conversation, um, you know, and especially this kind of like inquiry com uh, based conversation of like, what do you see? Uh, why do you think that connects? Or I think it does this instead. Uh, here's why. Uh, what do you think? Like, those are really wonderful ways of connecting and instilling a sense of curiosity. Um, and then there's something like that I think that is maybe most important to me in some ways is like uh, connecting with your creativity and then sharing with other people and like that kind of like vulnerability and um, like sharing your art, your art, sharing your creativity is like, it's a really special thing. And when you share your art and somebody notices it or appreciates it, you are seen as a human being. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, kids, uh, like when you ask a room full of kids, can you draw? Every hand shoots up at least to a certain age. Yep. You ask a room full of adults, can you draw? And no one puts their hands up. And it's like the implied question I think adults hear is like, hey, can you do a life, uh, lifelike rendering of you know this tree and this apple or something like that? Like, can you create something that's beautiful and perfect? And it might be beautiful. It's certainly not perfect. Uh, right. But you still can, most people can still put pencil to paper. And so... This idea of like having a game where you have these bite-sized moments of sharing creativity is really, um, that's really important to me because uh, just as adults, we, you know, as kids, we learn from the adults in our lives yeah. uh, to stop sharing. Like they may say, hey, you should share that with people, but they're not sharing themselves. And kids are going to learn from parents and adults in their lives based on action, not on, on words. And so when you have this game where, grandma is you know making this visual connection or perhaps uh you know initiating a story depending on the activity that you're playing it's like that that child observes you know the parent or grandma being creative that's something that the yeah. you know and that is a real connection and grandma maybe letting somebody in on a creative basis for the first time in like in in decades and so yeah there's like a really connecting moment there mm -hmm. so yeah to answer your question connection yeah. takes lots of forms it and, does and um the research shows that about third grade is when creativity is just sucked out, extinguished in children in school, um, mm. which is so sad. And so it just speaks to what you're saying, right? It comes from everyone loves to put their stuff out. Most kids love to share, loves to draw. They don't care if there's things, there's their papers on the, uh, you know, on the wall, on the board. And then somehow the critiquing stance and, the, you know, it's like, no, no, color mm -hmm. in the lines. No, no, do this again. No, are you sure you want to do it that way? And, um, yeah, so this is, uh, so th these, this, uh, we see is a very significant way to keep this open, courageous, risk-taking, sharing natural at home. Um, so for everyone, mm -hmm. we see, we keep talking about this, 210 cards that are so beautiful. I have them all right here. Um, they are so, each card is so beautiful. And the, and I know purposely the construction of them, you know, that they're just, they're solid um, and they're vibrant with color. So as a photographer, did you take all of these? I took uh, probably 200-ish out of them. Yeah, um, nice. The rest, uh, you know, it, it was... Um, 
it was like just like these photo hunts I ended up finding myself on in New York uh, over over a number of years, uh, and just like really celebrating and enjoying the photography, or sorry, the um, you know the patterns, colors, uh, shapes around me. Like I really, in, yeah, it was really fun. Some afternoons just to you know take the camera and and go in a different direction than you did the day before. Um, and my and the other ten photos are uh, from my uh, original partner Kaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaz is just like. One of the her her website is curiouscatalyst.com and that's a, that's such a perfect description of her. Mm. Um, she's she was really like without her, this project wouldn't have got off the ground. And she likewise uh, enjoys you know viewing the world through the camera lens, uh, which is its own type of 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 mindfulness. And um, so some of the photos are are hers. Uh, and then, you know, the baby foot, uh, mm-hmm. there's a baby foot yep. in there, which really, yep. I love the visual connections with some of the, I don't want to say which ones are the right ones or not yep. the right ones, but I do have favorites. Uh, that's my friend James, uh, his baby. And, uh, you know, there's just a couple in there, which are just like, Hey, um, you know, I don't know, just yeah. almost like thank yous and connections to my, uh, you know, important people in my life. Nice. Um, I notice on the box is the is a close up of a, a shoe with a shoelace. And does that speak to uh, the story that you told recently about your shoe? It's a different. It's a yeah. different shoe, but that shoe had to be yeah. in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So another um, in, so we see can be used in multiple ways, um, and it is interesting that most of the ways it is a game, and most of the ways are. Um, non-competitive, creative, and guiding with a few creative options for, of course, because people people need to win at times. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's like two competitive games in there. Um, you know, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't have any instruction booklet in there at all. I would just like ha- probably have two cards at the top, which are like just enough of a, a suggestion mm-hmm. that this set visually connects in some kind of way. Um, and perhaps like maybe a drawing or two, just so like, get ideas going but it's kind of like when you see a kid playing with a cardboard box uh you know they're they don't need a lot of guidance it's only the adults who really need that uh, detailed instruction booklet um but so there in uh we see original there's uh two competitive games nine uh we actually just expanded it for the new edition uh seven creative activities and two mindfulness activities and yeah we found like I've been thinking a lot about this idea of infinite versus finite games. Um, mm-hmm. Like take a conversation. Conversation is a, an infinite game. You have a, a number of players perhaps, perhaps sitting around a table, enjoying a cup of coffee and chatting. And, you know, everybody wins when a great insight is shared or mm-hmm. a pun is dropped, a good groan worthy pun. Uh, that's how I think about we see. It's like everybody gets to enjoy the aha moment and and there's no unless you really want to play the competitive versions, there's no need to say, Oh, that's mine. That's mine. I get to keep that one. You know, it, yeah. it's like, uh, once it's shared, everybody gets to share it. And then the conversations that ensue, um, you know, can be expansive and, and, um, you know, again, curiously oriented. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious about you. I'm curious about my friend. Like, how are you thinking? How are you seeing? Um, and so I think that like, it's a really disarm having a game that is uncompetitive is disarming, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, once it's competitive, it's like, oh, is this a good match or not? They're all kind of good connections. Some may resonate with people more than others. I don't want to say that there's ever a wrong um, wrong connection or a wrong answer in, in the box. It's it's really like, oh, how do you justify it, so to speak? How do you think about that connection? Talk to me about it. I'd love mm-hmm. to see what you see. Yeah, I like the example of a conversation. Uh, I just think about this win-lose um, paradigm that we live in a lot of the time. And, um, you know, when you have a nice conversation, I'm thinking it's a really, um, usually in a rewarding experience with the exception, if you're talking to someone who needs to always be right and needs to quote, always win. Right. So just to, to make that uh, connection there. It's so the idea of sitting down, um, and you know, I, I hear what you're saying about a, a manual to tell everyone the manual, it, the manual is, you know, it's sleek, it's 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 not it's not it's not overly prescriptive. It sh- and it shows wonderful examples of how to use the cards. And when I was also doing more research, is seeing, um, I love this. Um, one of the ways 
of using the game and the cards is using the card as part of a larger picture that someone creates. Um, mm. And that's such a wonderful, um, that's part of a um, activity that um, we use at the center when we're assessing creativity It's part of the, um, an aspect of the Torrance uh, creativity test. Um, and it's just, it, it, it's amazing what comes out when someone gets to make their own, their own interpretation and representation and then explain it to you. Like you said, like there's no wrong. It's just a creative sharing process. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 that's actually, it's funny. That's my favorite activity as well. I love the, you know, I love visual connections, but I actually think the, um, the most exciting or fun version that I play myself most often is this drawing activity. Like we are uh, uh, launching a new product called We See Nature and we have this beautiful pair of um, giraffes crossing their heads. And, and, you know, it's recognizable as giraffe heads, but it also reminded me of like, the back of a helicopter, like the propeller of the back mm -hmm. of a helicopter. And so, you know, one day I just drew, drew that helicopter with the, you know, the, using the, the drafts as the, as the tail of that helicopter. I think that's such a fun way of, uh, yeah, sharing that creativity. And it's, mm -hmm. and, and I think it, I think those moments, like they're so disarming. Mm -hmm. And when you, I can, I can imagine like in a therapeutic setting, like if you can start with something like that and, and receive positive, it's like, I don't want to say feedback, not as like, is this a good drawing or bad drawing, but like, oh, thank you for sharing your creativity with me. It's such a disarming way to in, uh, invite more vulnerability. For sure. We have a artistic family and, um, as someone who's uh, recovering, recovered, recovering from perfectionism, I remember when my youngest would spend like all this time on these just elaborate pictures and how hard I would have to catch myself. And this, of course, is I'm remembering like the grade when I'm blaming school for crushing creativity. Like, you know, this is parents get to do it too. And I remember seeing like, <laughs> looking like at something in the corner. And I remember saying to my saying out loud at one point, like, oh, were you thinking of maybe adding a sun there or extending the tree, mm -hmm. which was me putting myself onto this beautiful picture? And so mm -hmm. it's so insidious how I think we do, um, I guess, how much mindfulness and pause it takes to truly pay attention to what someone is sharing with you and listening to it and absorbing it without critiquing it and trying to change it or, or putting a value on it. Mm. I, yeah, that's there. There's so much there. I, I am a recovering perfectionist, uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, I, uh, every aspect of the game has to be perfect for me. And whenever I see like a new package shipped out, the packaging has to be perfect. There can't be a slightest little dents in the corner that can yeah. be sent out. Um, mission accomplished by yeah, the way. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, it's, I think it's a very masculine energy. I've, I've been thinking a lot about gender, uh, lately around like, you know, um, solutioning instead of listening, absorbing. I just, uh, I know historically I have been somebody who's like, Oh, what, have you tried this? Not like, uh, Oh, that sounds really hard. Um, let me sit with you in this moment. Like I can't fix this for you, but let me sit with you. Mm, you know, I've only recently, like in the past few years become, like more aware of that instinct in me. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, I mean, in my relationship, it's definitely, you know, it's something I, I have to have to work on because I'm like, uh, okay, Katie, uh, <laughs> so let's do this and this. And she was like, you know, implicitly like, hey, can we just sit with this for a moment? I'm a little sad or I'm a little bit happy mm -hmm. and I want to uh, just uh, enjoy the moment. Can you stop and enjoy the moment with me? Nice. Have, um, like, how has the creation of We See, the company and the game, like, how has it impacted you personally, just ha as you as you go through the world? Hmm. It's uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, you know, probably for other artists uh, out there, um, or you know, uh, people who have started a company. There's probably some obvious things that I'll say, uh, where they're like, yeah, of course, and then some things that are not as obvious. Um, 
my relationship with money uh, was one that I that uh, I realized after the fact, um, leaving finance and having the comfort of a, of a paycheck and going through a number of years without having a paycheck was very scary to me. And it brought up a lot of um, emotions and moments, uh, often like hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had to like rethink. It, 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 it afforded a lot of opportunity for, um, you know, uh, exploration. Um, you know, I'm a therapist. It's, yeah. a, it's great fodder yeah. for, uh, um, you know, uh, speaking, you know, to the therapist. Uh, uh. So that was one, um, reframing my relationship with money. I think also <laughs> I, I've read a lot of Seth Godin. I don't know. Um, he's written a lot about creativity, art, putting your artwork out there and entrepreneurialism. And he talked about, uh, he's written a number of uh, successful books and he talked about, he might have a thousand plus reviews the first week of his newest book and he'd find the negative review okay. and he would go and and basically argue with that person. And, um, you know, every creative pursuit is going to have a, a, you know, someone who's who doesn't embrace it or enjoy it. And we have, you know, we have a lot of positive reviews, but we, you know, there's, uh, we have one or two reviews that are like, oh, I don't like these pictures or two, um, you know, I want more flowers or I want more of this. Yeah. And I'm and I'll just get into an argument of like, well, not an argument, but like, Hey, well, you know, have you thought of this? And, and then it's yeah. like back and forth and it's a time suck. Right. And right. so, yeah, I've had to learn. Uh, and I also have appreciated, uh, you know, the, the, the thick skin you sometimes need, but also the ability to shed that thick skin to create. Like I think of uh, actors or dancers or performers, especially in New York City, where you know you're going for dozens of casting uh, opportunities and you're getting rejected, yeah. and yet you need to be thin enough skinned. You need to be vulnerable enough uh, for the next you know uh, audition such that you can get that role. It's a really, I really admire yeah. uh, performers in that way. And so for myself, I've just noticed that like putting your artwork out there will and in, will invariably mm-hmm. invite um, critique. And, and there's a part of you that at some point has to say, this wasn't for them and that's okay. And it doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make my, my artwork bad. It just means that this wasn't a fit, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That but in the moment, it's hard. It is hard. And that is an interesting, it is the interesting paradox of um, being creative in any pursuit and putting yourself out there is there's always, there's critics. It's actually not only just a personality characteristic, it's actually a, a business. I mean, it's a profession, right? There's critics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet one needs to be vulnerable and take risks to put themselves out there and even especially to change paradigms uh, for creative expression. Um, I remember when I first started writing, um, putting my writing out there on, um, in articles and blogs and such. And I didn't even realize there were comments in the bottom until someone says, Hey, did you see that comment? Yeah. I just put the thing out there Mm -hmm. and like go about my way. And I remember my first crushing negative review. And then it was this banter with these two people. And they were just I mean, I think they spent the whole day pulling apart what I was saying. And I was this young psychologist, mm-hmm. and I was just crushed. And my people were saying that Dan, take a step back, like, look at all the other ones. And like, everyone's got an opinion. And you know, there's some people that just like to spend a lot of time on that. And I, I, I had to go to I'm not reading any, any, any of them anymore. And then to this place of you know what, I need to I need to be able to receive some of this and put them in the right box. Like what is actually legitimate feedback and um, mm. a good critical, um, critical uh, advice or feedback? And what is eh, you know what, this might be more about that other person. And uh, let me look at these other things that people like. So it I think it, it is a process. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I think when uh, if I one of the keys of life almost, let's call it, is the ability to hold paradox. Mm. The, like, it's possible that my art is beautiful and it's going to rub people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. It's going to anger people. Um, you know, the world is just going to send you lots of signals. And I think, I think that, like, corollary to holding the, you know, paradoxes is, is acknowledging which signals you want to allow in. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. yeah, and I'm yeah. working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a process for sure. You, um, yeah. you mentioned, um, in, in finance and one of the reasons of your, um, 
your exodus from finance was, you know, like is wanting to, I heard the word contribute, like you wanting to like, or make a difference. And so, you know, what does this, this, this connection that is central to the game, your company, your life, where does contribution come into all this for you? Hmm. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I mean, there's a couple of different aspects there. Uh, you know, I think there's this opportunity to, you know, again, demonstrate the, I don't know, the choices. And I don't, again, I don't want to get into that magic question at the end too we're all, far. We're almost the, there. We're the, almost the, there. <laughs> the, you know, modeling the choices um, that you hope other people make, um, you know, choosing to connect with people, choosing to uh, offer something up. I'm just like, I've, I'm, I've been very fortunate and I have, you know, I had the opportunity to step away from finance. Um, you know, there are a lot of people um, in work that they can't let go of, that they, it provides them with the means to feed their family or uh, to feed themselves. And so I felt like part of me was obligated uh, for those reasons mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, make a choice uh, that they may not have been able to make uh, and to, and, and to contribute. I think, you know, my mom, uh, my parents, my mom, especially have a very strong, uh, like a North star, like a moral compass. And I'm very grateful to them uh, for that. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not religious, but I feel like one of the aspects of, um, you know, my uh, religious upbringing, let's call it, uh, was this idea of giving back, of um, offering your gifts and um, just being part of a community. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the, you know, community has been an understanding who my community is and what are the different aspects, like almost like onion layers, like at some level, you know, I'm part of this like uh, global, you know, community at another level. Uh, we actually moved upstate New York recently. So mm, again, another mm. opportunity to update the bio. Yeah. But I'm in a very small town now. That's my community. Huh. Um, uh, Katie and my puppy are uh, my community. So these different layers of um, being engaged and involved uh, with the community. And it's almost like a trust thing, like just thinking out loud. Mm -hmm. It's like when it's just Katie and, and, our puppy Ollie and I, like there's, we all uh, benefit more. We're all giving to our, our community and being generous in those moments. And then, you know, my town benefits if I'm, you know, uh, uh, trying to be generous or uh, contribute or, you know, I, I love like dropping games off at like a local school or, mm. or sharing things that way. It's like one of the fun things of making something is that you can get it, give it to people and they, and they, they value it. Like, I love that physical exchange. But I kind of just wonder if that like kind of like, you know, carries forward with, you know, uh, if everybody's kind of contributing or trying to put something out there that there's just like this beautiful synergy happens at a, at a global community level. Uh, so I guess that yeah. there's going to be a trust element there as well. Yeah, from the micro to the macro. And I think that's why I um, mm -hmm. really wanted to tie it all together with the title of our show here is, you know, Real Connection is the Ultimate Contribution. Because it brings it back to us being in the moment with the person that we're with, right? Which, of course, this game is designed to do in a multiple in multiple ways. Um, but again, for people who think they don't have the time to give and they really want to make a difference, I think sometimes we just get too macro. And it's like if we mm. you sit and you you give someone attention, someone of any age attention, someone you see on the street, someone you see in the shopping market. It's like those are some of the most powerful things you can give someone is a 30 seconds or a, a smile or like that. I see you. I'm here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. The book that comes to mind is um, oh, uh, Ross Gay. I think it's called the book of oh, it's like the book of joy. You may have to add it to show notes mm. or something. Okay. Like that. It's so okay. beautiful. But there's so many moments of like uh, it's almost like a. Um, just like a, almost like a diary of his, his day to day for a year. And it's just like full of these moments where he's receiving or, or giving, um, compassion and, you know, he's just one person, but by the end of that year, by the end of that 
book, there's so many moments where he's affected lives and likewise, so many people have affected his life. And so that just sounds like, um, mm. that just sounds like synergy. Like it yeah. just sounds like yeah. if that's happening for him. Uh, it can happen for all of us and, and we collectively all it's an, it, life can be an infinite game. <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. That is an excellent way to move it to the parent footprint moment question. Life is an okay. infinite game. Okay. Mm. All right, here we go. The moment that everyone listening, including myself, is waiting <laughs> for. Okay, the parent footprint moment question. Paul, tell us about a time you became aware of yourself as an individual uh, or an awareness of your parents. And that new awareness had a positive impact on yourself, your life, and or those you love. So I, I'm not a parent, um, but I do have a lot of young people in my life. I've been, I have some, uh, I have some wonderful friends and their kids. I have, uh, you know, uh, my nieces and nephews. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, I'm really fortunate that way. Um, there's a moment in uh, early 2014. Um, there's somebody I was dating at the time, actually. Uh, and they were an artist. And, and I had received some news. I was still in finance at the time. I'd received some news that was you know, very positive news. I'd gotten a promotion and I was just like angry that day. And she was just like, you know, it seems like your job or the work that you do on a day-to-day basis is not really making you happy. Uh, or at least it seems to me making you sometimes sad and often angry. Mm. And I love what I do. And I, I love getting up in the morning and doing it. And this kind of chasm between us in terms of our daily disposition doesn't really work for me. Uh, and so I need to uh, step out of this uh, mm. relationship. And it was an amazing, like, um, raw moment and very exposing. And it, it, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it was this mirror of like, oh, this is how she she's almost like receiving me and, and uh, experiencing me. And I was so in my head uh, especially at that period, I didn't, I hadn't quite seen that bigger picture. And it just felt like I had this moment where, okay, I have a very short window uh, to make a, make a, a change here, use this opportunity to make a different choice in my life. Um, and, and I took it. And, it. and one of the things that helped me uh, get to that spot was I do have these young people in my life and I knew that I couldn't tell them to make one choice and then make a different choice myself. Like mm. I want people to choose things that are fulfilling, where they contribute, where they are connecting with their community, with each other, where they're being vulnerable. If I'm not doing that myself, no one's going to listen to that. And so I thought I also had this really like, you know, uh, incredible opportunity actually to make a different choice, to step away from a career that was, you know, could have made me uh, safe, so to speak, financially for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. or, you know, had first dive into something uh, quite different. And yeah, I'm grateful for that uh, person for making that reflection. It was a painful moment, but it was like, it was beautiful. And um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think that was when I was clear, like, oh, the choice I make here is going to impact the young people in my life, not to mention the other people, my friends and family, like, it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's going to make uh, and mostly adults. It'll make the adults uncomfortable, but it's going to make the kids. Um, hopefully, later on, just have. Hopefully, they just have like a little piece of that in the back of their head as they're presented a similar opportunity or choice. Totally. I mean that that moment speaks to me in a few ways. One is um, the courage of your uh, partner at the time to just be really authentic and direct and it sounds like it didn't come with any malice or criticism it came with just like you said like reflection like here's what i'm experiencing and here's what i'm seeing and then setting a personal boundary for herself and i don't i don't want to feel like this so i mean so that i think was very brave very brave to do and the last thing that you wanted to hear is one of the most important things that you have heard in your life to help you on this trajectory, which led to this next thing, which is so important, like awareness. So for you to have that awareness at that point, not only what you needed to do for yourself, but what you needed to do for the people who were younger than you in your life, who you were, you are mentoring, modeling and helping to raise like that 
that's a that's a huge awareness to have. I'm going to call you at a relatively young age. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so many. It's so interesting. All the different moments along your life that lead up to a certain moment. Um, you know, I was very fortunate uh, by that time to already have found like just a wonderful therapist uh, who was helping me explore that anger and, and understanding and understanding where my choices mm. uh, were coming from, how I was responding versus reacting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and recognizing that I had a choice there and uh, recognizing that a lot of that was formed in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when this reflection came to, uh, you know, uh, uh, came along, it was just like, it was, it was an aha moment. I was like, Oh, I got, I have a very brief window have to use this kind of like almost energy uh i've been infused with to make a very difficult choice mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. very cool. lucky cool well you are a role model uh to to everyone listening and to so many of us who are like oh i just is this what i'm supposed to be doing and you know it takes a ton of courage to step out of something that is seen as safe um it takes a ton of courage to step out of something which is seen as acceptable and uh, everyone's going to like hearing about. It's just that you really have, one has to go within and, um, and really take a leap of faith uh, that I want to do something which speaks to me and is more in line with who I am and what I want to give back in this life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think go within uh, and then keep going within. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, uh, once you have gets a different, you know, so you get to go within and then you get to go in deeper the more you go in. So yeah, yeah. go within and keep going within. Cool. Okay. You, you mentioned it. Tell everyone about what's next. We have uh, We See Nature coming out 2022. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm pretty excited. This is, um, and one of the insights we had with We See is we, uh, we get to bring attention to visuals that might otherwise be overlooked. Um, you know, again, in the original game, I mentioned the, um, you know, the crack in the sidewalk or the, the shadow, they're often overlooked. And we realized like, you know, that's part of your more immediate environment if you live in an urban uh, center, um, but there's also the broader environment. And so we realized that, oh, we could create, you know, a nature version of this where we could create this this sense of connection um, with the w- visuals representing um, representing our planet, and uh, as much as I've been fortunate to travel, I certainly haven't seen uh, enough of the the world to put together a a, a, a full global deck. And so we've worked with uh, sixteen um, incredible photographers from around the world. Oh uh, wow! You know, at varying spots along their career, we have um, you know a mycologist in Vermont who's just wonderful. Uh, we have uh, people who are focusing on the macro, seeing like those little details in the bug's eye to the, um, you know, to backing up and doing these huge aerials. And they're all, it's interesting how, you know, these uh, shapes and patterns in nature re- keep reoccurring. Mm. And so one of the fun thing, things we're doing is working with these, you know, after curating and, and doing some kind of cropping and rotating to get the, the visuals in this set just right. We've decided that we wanted to add um, an e-learning component as well. And so on the back of this new set, you're going to find a QR code. And so my hope is when a, when a, especially a young player, but any player, when they're holding up this thing, I'm like, what is that? It's furry or it's a little slimy or it's a beautiful color. They're, they'll scan the back of the card and it will take them to a website and it'll be, uh, it'll show the full blown image, not just the snippet. Mm. And then it will have like what it is, why the photographer took it, why it matters to that photographer. Um, and how it's connected to our broader planet. And then it will have uh, a link to uh, a section to learn more. So our point with this is, you know, some of the original themes of connection, uh, adding in this layer of like, how do you create connection with the environment? And nice. um, on the margin, nice. I hope this game does that. So Very cool. So there is many more layers to uh, to this version as well. Uh, we didn't, I, I, I was going to mention this, I mean, we see for everyone, it does create social and emotional learning. Um, we had a recent show on emotional literacy and, you know, and we're all pushing for, um, to 
actively and purposefully raise um, skills in kids, understanding mm-hmm. their emotion, the emotion of others, empathy, and um, and connection to the larger. And it sounds like this uh, this is what you're doing. Well, my favorite uh, quote when I think about what we see is um, uh, Alfred Adler. Um, empathy is uh, seeing with the eyes of another, uh, listening with the ears of another. Um, you know, and so there is this mechanism of seeing what you see and and uh, creating new perspective. There, there is like the this empathic moment that happens. Cool. Well, Paul, uh, thank you for sharing yourself, your story, uh, your co-creation, and uh, really your contribution, uh, continuing contribution. Tell everyone where they can uh, find We See and We See Nature. Uh, it's quite simple. Uh, we see.co, O U I S I.co. Fortunately, uh, we couldn't get the .com, but we see.co is, uh, is the best place to go. And also, uh, our, all our social media is at play. We see, uh, .co is way cooler and fits your, uh, fits your, <laughs> fits the visual of your, uh, your, your name way better. Uh, thanks mm, again thank for you. sharing wish you best of luck with, uh, with the new version. Thank you very much. This was so much fun. I appreciate you having me on. All right, everyone. That concludes another insightful, present-based, mindfulness-based, connection and contribution-based show. Inspirational for me, for sure. Uh, I will be thinking about this conversation throughout my day and week. Um, The small moments, the larger moments, and trying to be as present as possible on my walk home as I pass all of the cars, sidewalk cracks, and trees on my way home. Uh, Thank you for listening to the show, being a part of our community. We love your five-star reviews. Share this with anyone and everyone you think will benefit. And if you want more of Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan, check out our bonus episodes once a month exclusively on Stitcher Premium. To listen, just go to stitcherpremium.com slash Dan. click start free trial, select a monthly plan and sign up with the code Dr. Dan and you'll get a month of free listening. Try to be that person you want your child or those you care for to become and ask yourself the guiding question I ask myself every day. What footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. If you are an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com forward slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.